You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Bridges are truly a marvel of man. But did you ever think of God as a bridge builder? Did you ever think that God would be a bridge builder? The truth is that our God is an amazing bridge builder. He is an amazing bridge builder. See, there was this great canyon that divided man and God. A great chasm existed. In Pastor Dave's teaching today through the Gospel of John, he'll be explaining how sin separates and that God has provided a bridge for humanity to cross over to Him. Jesus is that bridge. Being both God and man, He filled the gap that separated you from fellowship and relationship with God. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Bridge to Eternal Life. of John chapter 1 verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth as a young boy growing up in the city of Camden New Jersey in the 1950s one of my fondest memories is one of my dad and I driving down to a place in Gloucester, and watching the construction crews as they made an advancement on this new bridge that they were building connecting South Philadelphia with New Jersey. From 1953 to 1957, my dad and I would go there periodically just to see what they've done on the construction of what is now called the Walt Whitman Bridge. It's pretty interesting. We visited on a regular basis. It was kind of like a special time between he and I. And what a sight it was. Massive concrete bases somehow appearing in the Delaware River. Monstrous steel towers formed. And then to see them stringing the cables to suspend the roadway above the water was magnificent. It was something that these little eyes couldn't barely hold. And I was mesmerized by it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't wait to get down there to see what they did next. And because of this, I became a church a church enthusiast. I became a bridge enthusiast. And that island also to the mainland. And that's what bridges do. They connect. They connect one thing to another. The word bridge has several meanings. In fact, it has quite a few meanings. I've picked out a few. One definition is a structure spanning or providing passage over a river 
chasm or road. Another one I chose was, it means a structure or means of connection over a depression or an obstacle. And yet another definition is a span or to span or to make a way. I like those definitions. Bridges are truly a marvel of man. But did you ever think of God as a bridge builder? Did you ever think that God would be a bridge builder? The truth is that our God is an amazing bridge builder. He is an amazing bridge builder. See, there was this great canyon that divided man and God. A great chasm existed. In fact, in the Gospel of Luke, Luke writes down Jesus' word as Jesus tells a very, very familiar parable. It's the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. You know, Lazarus was poor, used to sit at the gate, and the dogs would lick his sores and stuff like that. The rich man would pass him by all the time. Both passed away. They ended up in the afterlife. Lazarus, in Abraham's bosom, curled up in his lap. The rich man, off in a distance, in a burning place, in a place of torment. He looked across and he saw Lazarus. Oh, can't you come here? Can't you come over here? Jesus says that Abraham said, we can't because there's a gulf separating us. There's a separation. What was he referring to? He was referring to that there was a separation between the righteous life and the unrighteous life. There was a separation in death. And there's a separation in life. There's this great separation, this canyon, this gulf, this chasm, this great divide was caused by one thing and one thing only. Sin. Yeah, I said the S word. Sin caused this great chasm, caused this great divide between man and God. And for centuries, for centuries now, man has sought to build his own bridge back to God. Man's efforts, man's bridges, I call them religion. It's man's attempt to get to God. Religion. And what has happened in most religions? They've all ended in confusion. They've all ended being more confused than when they started out. Just like the Tower of Babel in, in Genesis 11. They were building this great tower, get to God. And God confused their languages. Because he knew that there was nothing that man couldn't do. He put a mind to it. Man's efforts were in vain. They couldn't get to God. Why? Because it's impossible to start with a base here on earth and reach God. A man living long, long time ago realized that very thing. His name was Job. And in the story of Job, in chapter 9, verses 32 and 33, Job says this about God. Nor, it, nor he, God, is not a man as I am, that I may answer him, and that we should go to court together. Nor is there any mediator between us who may lay his hand on us both. The original language in the King James, they use the word daysman. 
Job said, there's no daysman. There's no mediator. Daysman simply means mediator. Actually, it can be used as the word umpire. There was nobody to go between us. There was no go-between. Job realized that there was a distance between he and God. We know that Job felt treated unjustly by God. But yet there was no way for him to address the problem. Who was he going to go to? God could not be confronted with Job's unexplained circumstances. And as Job says, why? Because God's in heaven and I'm here on earth. I can't get to him. How can I appeal to him? Not only is God in heaven and Job on earth, but Job also said, there's nobody to go between us. There's no mediator. There's no daysman. There's no umpire. Job understood the distance between himself and God, and Job longed for somebody to come. Longed for somebody to come and bridge the gap. There must be a go-between. There must be a mediator. But Job could find them. Job's prior belief system didn't do it. His belief system couldn't bridge the gap. His experience couldn't do it, and neither could his friends. His friends couldn't do that. And recognizing his need, Job cries out for God. He cries out for a mediator. One commentator said this, quote, Here then was Job crying out for someone who could stand authoritatively between God and himself, and so create a way of meeting, a possibility of contact, a connection. In other words, there needed to be a bridge built between the two. Job's cry was a good thing, however. It showed that Job was beginning to look outside himself for the answers. Job was now looking outside himself for answers. And yes, terrible circumstances had brought Job to this place. And sometimes terrible circumstances is the only thing that will bring us to that place as well, where we cry out for the mediator, where we cry out for God. Joy will not bring us to that place. Prosperity doesn't bring us to that place. But grief through circumstances sometimes does bring us to that place. But there's good news, folks. Praise the Lord, God had a plan. Praise the Lord, God knew what he was going to do because he's an amazing bridge builder. God is an amazing bridge builder. And now we have a promise of a mediator. Job didn't even know this mediator, but the mediator had been promised. Isaiah prophesies of this mediator in Isaiah 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And what is really interesting about this prophecy is here we see two sides. We see a human side, unto us a child is born. And we see a divine side, unto us a son is given. Clearly, this mediator would be both human and he would be divine. What an interesting concept. The Apostle Paul makes it very clear who this mediator is. When writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes in 1 Timothy 2, 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. What Job longed for, what Job had hoped for, what Job was crying out for was fulfilled through Jesus Christ. Jesus was the daysman that Job had hoped for. Jesus can lay hands on the Father, for he declared that he proceeded from the Father. He and the Father are one. Jesus can lay hand on us too, because he became a man. 
So God built a bridge to Manu. He did it by sending his son, the word, the logos. Jesus came to earth in the form of a man. And this is what the apostle declares now in his gospel in verse 14. In verse 14, particularly part A. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John is declaring that the word, Jesus, as we already studied, Jesus is the word, came to earth as the mediator to bridge the gap. God's son built a bridge across the grandest canyon ever known to us. He bridged the gap between God by offering forgiveness and offering love. And should you doubt the ability for God to be a good bridge builder? Remember I told you that I stood on the banks of the Delaware River and I looked out at all this magnificent concrete, at all this magnificent steel, at all this cable that went all about, at all these men who were working and who were doing all these kinds of things to build this beautiful bridge, which still now stands, which many of you have probably crossed, some of you this week. God built his bridge with two pieces of wood and three nails. He is an amazing bridge builder. I guess the question next is, why did a bridge have to be built? Why did a bridge have to be built? Well, originally, you know, back in Genesis, God created man in his image. However, because of sin, God's image was totally obscured and man became lost in the darkness. The connection to God was lost. There was no more connection. And although man preferred the darkness, he wasn't satisfied with the darkness because darkness cannot satisfy. Darkness never satisfies. So what did he do? So man groped in the darkness searching for the truth, searching for that which is good. Even the greatest intellects joined the quest, searching for what is good. But they couldn't solve the problem because they were trying to reach God on their own effort. There was a great divide between God and man. God could not be reached by their best efforts. Remember, we said that their best efforts are religion. Religion will never get you to God. Religion will not get you to God. Something had to be done. Man was slipping deeper and deeper into darkness, no longer even attempting to get out, but becoming comfortable in the darkness and settling on it as, well, that was his fate. But as I said, God had a plan. God desperately wanted to restore man into his image once again. God's love for the world was too great. It was too vast. His love for his creation drove him to enter this world as one of them. The creator entered his creation. The creator took on humanity. The word became flesh and clothed himself with humanity. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God sent his son Jesus to be the connection between him and man. That's what the apostle John is declaring in verse 14. It's a powerful, powerful verse. It's an enormous verse. It speaks of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The Apostle John is declaring that the Word, the Logos of God, Jesus came to earth for this specific purpose. He came to be the bridge to God, and therefore, He is the bridge to eternal life. Why? Because in all aspects, He was perfect. 
He bridged that gap. He bridged that gap becoming only one person could ever become the God-man. Completely divine, yet completely human. Exactly as Isaiah had prophesied. He is the King of kings, yet he's also the servant of all. He is our Savior and our Redeemer. He is the one who understands our weaknesses and understands our infirmities. He understands exactly what you're going through right now. Why? Because he came as one of us. He came as one of us. He walked as one of us. God himself has made a way. God made the connection so that we can be brought back into him, into a whole relationship with him, and have eternal life. We couldn't reach up to God. God knew that. So God said, okay, I'll reach down to you. You can't get to me, so I'll get back to you. God had a plan. God's solution for man's sin not only displays his great mercy and love, but it also demonstrates his perfect holiness and justice. How do I know that? Because on the same day that Adam and Eve sinned, God promised that he would send the deliverer, the Messiah, in Genesis 3. He said he would be born of the seed of the woman. He would not have a human father. He would come from heaven. He would not be tainted with sin, the sin nature that was common to all of Adam's descendants. God's plan was to visit the world in human form. He would do this by causing the word to become flesh. Many reject this. And sadly, many still reject it today. Nonetheless, this is the central message of the Bible. This is the central message of all scriptures. It's all built around this. God has built a bridge to cross the great divide. A bridge that would join together sinful man and a holy and just God. A bridge that satisfied all the requirements of God for righteousness and is imputed to us by faith. That bridge took the form of a cross. And on that cross was a man the Word, the Logos, Jesus Christ. He was on that cross. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Then John goes on to say in 14b, And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now remember, I told you that as John's writing his gospel, He's going to come up with many witnesses trying to show you and, and, and prove to you that Jesus is the Son of God. And by believing upon his name, you can have the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. This is John's quest. You can find that in John 20, verses 30 and 31. We talked about it several times. And so John now is producing another witness. It just happens to be himself. He says, we beheld his glory. And the word beheld here is stronger than the words just saw or look. The Greek word used here is thoreo, meaning to look at things with interest, to look at things with a purpose. John tells us that he and the other disciples carefully studied the glory of the word made flesh. They carefully studied Jesus for three and a half years. John had the wherewithal and the smartness by the Holy Spirit to describe this in his epistle when he was writing his first letter. In 1 John 1, we read these words. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, 
which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us, that which we've seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Listen to John's words. Listen to John's words, how poignant they are. Many, many people say, well, where is the witness to Jesus Christ? Where is the witness? Well, it's right here. John says, hey, guys, I saw him. I walked with him. I talked with him. I hugged him. I touched him. And he touched me, laid his hand on my back. We ate together. I saw him. I beheld him. That was manifested to us. That was from the beginning. The eternal God, the eternal God of the universe was manifested to John and the disciples. They saw him. They walked with him. They heard him. How many times does John said that what we've seen and that which we've heard? They realized that when Jesus was talking to them, they were listening to God. When they were watching Jesus, they were actually seeing God in action. And when they touched him, they were actually touching God. Can you imagine this? Can you begin to to fathom what what John is saying here? Imagine what happened when they realized what was going on, when they finally realized And when they realized that the next time they're walking up and Jesus came by them and put his hand on his shoulder and said, so John, how are you holding up today? Can you imagine? When they realized that, that which we've seen, we've handled, we've touched, we heard. You remember Micah's prophecy of the birthplace of Jesus? And you, Bethlehem, though you be little among the providences of Judah, yet out of you shall come a ruler who is to rule my people Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. Eternal life always existed. We talked about that when we studied the first part of John 1. Eternal life has always existed. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. But the Word was made flesh, and He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. We saw Him. Jesus, the eternal word, the eternal God, became flesh and dwelt among them. John is declaring to you, I saw him. I touched him. I heard him. I know. I'm not making this up. Three and a half years, we did this. And I was the only one that watched him die. Because all the other apostles left. John was the only one there at the crucifixion. He saw him die. And John saw the resurrected Lord too. John was one of the ones who went up on the mountain and saw him transfigured. John was one of the big three. Peter, James, and John. You read about it all through the scriptures. Jesus would do a miracle and then he would move closer. He'd take those threes and bring them a little closer. You are Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.